Thanks for having me this morning, y'all. This song is called God the Fool. And hopefully that doesn't offend you, but it's straight out of the Bible. The foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of the world. So that's what this is based on. that I've inflicted for the wounds that I've received I offer you my bitterness I offer you my grief for the trust that I have broken for the lies that I've told oh forgive me God for giving my heart away for gold I'm a merchant in your temple Selling sinners doves But you turn over my tables with Your foolishness, oh God Well, I am a sly sidewinder A brood of vipers in your hands you're an Appalachian preacher who I cannot withstand. Well, I'm running for your altar. I'm weeping on your floor. Oh, I feel your love inside my heart. God, I just want to feel it more. Oh, you said be wise and gentle like the serpents and the dove. Half of your own advice is your foolishness, oh God. All right, I'm going to need you to help me on this one. You know it. Don't get mad at me for singing Tom Petty in church, okay?
Congratulations, you have all officially broken the rules of church. You've sung Tom Petty in church. Uh, it's Larry Norman used to say, why should the devil have all the good music? So, you know, I say, just let's just redeem it all. How about that? Um, this next tune I want to do, uh, this is a, uh, it's, it's a worship song. Um, and, and I wrote it after some friends um, lost a child and I went looking for a song of worship to sing in church and I it was hard to find one that was um, you know it, lots of lots of our music is is very triumphant and victorious and how how many of you know that not every day of your life is is like that and so we need some other songs that help us connect with God and each other um, so this song is called You Bring the Morning, and um, it's a little different than you might have heard uh, other worship songs, but if at any point in the song you've, you can catch the chorus, feel free to sing it with me, but here goes. Stillborn, baby, to my shoulder. 
your sorrow to every fallen soldier. You bring your passion to the graves that we stand over. Young love that we lost will be found as we grow old. You bring the mountain so I have somewhere to wander. I can walk on water You bring the wilderness Where I can learn to hunger Oh, I feel you like a phantom But I can't explain your wonder You bring the morning You bring the evening I'm gonna praise you with every breath that I'm breathing You bring the working day So a man can keep believing So a woman can keep on dreaming And after the fire dies You open up our eyes again You bring the morning Thank you so much. In 2021, I wrote a book called Poet Priest. Uh, I was encouraged by a friend of mine. Um, you may have seen her. She was on a show called uh, America's Got Talent. Her name was Nightbird. And she passed away in February of 2022 from cancer. Um, but um, I didn't know who she was. And... Uh, I was writing these little essays and putting them up on social media, and um, for some reason I woke up one day and I had 10,000 new followers on social on my Instagram account, and I was like, what the heck is going on here? I must have hit the algorithm just right, you know? Um, but somebody reached out to me and told me that this young woman, Nightbird, had been um, reposting all my, my stuff, and... Um, she eventually called me out of the blue, and she said, Andy, you've got to write a book. And so I did. And um, she wrote the foreword to this before she passed away. But um, I'd like to read you one really short little essay, poetic essay. This is called, Don't Be Afraid of Living an Insignificant Life. Feed your children. Feed the birds. Eat the bread of life. Become ignorant of all things celebrity. Refuse to dominate. Refuse to control. Grow in weakness. Plan on losing the culture war. 
Turn your face from the icons of the stage, the lights, the podium. Turn your face toward the icons of the seeds, small and hidden, working unknown and unseen in darkness. Gaze into that icon which can barely be seen and is never heard from. Feed your neighbor. Feed your neighborhood. Feed the birds. Every morning, pour water in their bath. Eat your toast with butter and jam. Call your mom. Call your dad. Be relieved of your Christian fear of missing out. Be relieved of the false prophecies. Be relieved of your great destiny. Christ has broken the curse of your manifest destiny. God has elected you, chosen you to grow smaller, to quietly work with your hands among the people that you belong to. Have you no people? Fear not. Blessed are those who speak into the air with no one but Christ to hear them. Feed your friends. If you're friendless, feed your enemies. Feed them, if not mercy, something close to mercy. How do the ugly and self-loathing ever receive their extreme belovedness? Roasted hot dogs are the answer. You light your charcoal and you grill some hot dogs and you talk with folks. This is not a fail-proof plan. In fact, it probably won't work at all. But no matter, you've got absolutely nothing riding on whether you're successful or not. Do I have time for one more song, Pastor? Turn that chorus effect off on my guitar.
Now I've walked through the valley of the shadow And I have been tested like silver and gold Lord, your faith, it has taught me to cherish That this light affliction is not my home in winter I believe you in springtime I see you it's so good to be with you my hope has come Lord you make all things new your love is my breakthrough now I sing hallelujah I'm not gonna give in to this mortal frustration and I'm not gonna give death any standing ovation but I will lift my soul God with no hesitation because between you and me there is no separation I believe you Springtime I see you It's so good to be with you My hope has come Lord you make all things new Love is my breakthrough I sing hallelujah My hope has come I sing hallelujah My hope has come Now I sing hallelujah My hope has come Thanks man Thanks so much. So cool. Andy's going to sing a couple more just in a, in a few moments. And I, I'm just, I mean, I'm so grateful for just his willingness to be with us, to come all this way, driving this morning from Reading, and, and just showing up uh, to share his heart. And the unique thing that God's been doing in his life. And, and it's fun to have outside guests just like this who, who, who come and share this unique thing that God's been doing in their life. And, and we've got, you know, Hebrew speakers and poets and, and singers. And, and you might be out here this morning and, and you're kind of thinking, man, um, I don't know if I have a special gift or what's my special talent or, you know, am I, um, uh, what, you see these things that seem, seem so special and unique and you kind of wonder, like, what about me, like my regular everyday life, you know? And we've been talking about that here at Branches in Romans 12, about our regular everyday lives actually being infused with this purpose and this meaning that comes from God. 
And today, the, the message is just real simple. It's that you do have a special gift, a special talent, some special thing, this unique thing that God's done in your life, uniquely. And it's just as cool, just as you know, fancy as other things that you might see. In fact, I, I think the main sort of theme of our verses today in Romans 12, which is three through five, the main theme is that you are a treasure, you're a treasure, and you're created to be a gift to others. That, that's the thing. You're a treasure created to be a gift to others. Just like you've seen other people serve or share their heart and, and they're a gift to others. And you're like, whoa, what a gift, what a treasure. And the message today, I pray that you come away with this truth this, this day, that you, you are a treasure created to be a gift to others in, in all sorts of ways. And I'd love for us to explore that and open our hearts to that truth. What does that look like for us? Am I a treasure created to be a gift to others? Could this, how does this look? And so I want to read us just these few verses in Romans 12 today that remind us of this and, and say it in such a creative way. Um, so we're looking at Romans 12 verse 3. You know, before we do that though, we could maybe say this statement, I am a treasure created to be a gift to others. You know, because it's sort of hard to believe, but could, could we give it a shot? Let's do it. Here we go. I am a treasure created to be a gift to others. Hmm. How does it feel, you know, to say that truth? Sometimes it's like, yeah. Other like, it's like, no way. That, that can't be. Here's how the message paraphrase says this verse 3 in Romans 12. Living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace, it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing this goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. So, so the kind of the paradigm shift is, is, happens right here, right? Where it's not about what we do for God, but the, the crazy thing is that it's about what God has done for us. And, and it kind of puts it in perspective, pure grace. We've all been given this grace, this invitation from God equally. And because Jesus, he dies on this cross, he gives us this grace. None of us need it more than others. We all need it the same. And so the ground is level at the foot of the cross. It's, it's all the same, and we all kind of come together at the same point in need of this grace, this amazing grace that comes from God. And none of us deserves it a little more than other people. In fact, this Tim Keller quote, I, I've said it before, I love it. it. It's this truth of we're more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe, but yet at the very same time, we're more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. So, so this is the truth for us, this honesty, right? This honest truth. And I love this kind of pursuit of truth that Andy brings, this ruthless pursuit of honesty. And sometimes that pursuit of truth, it can feel sort of like vulnerable or kind of scary. We don't, is, is, do we want to get down into this honesty, this truth? But I love the promise, even Jesus says it, that the truth will set you free. And that's what he wants for us. He wants freedom. He wants us to be free, and it comes through this pursuit of truth. 
And this, this verse 3, it just paints this picture of, of God meeting us right where we're at, all of us the same. And there's no uh, room to have a superiority complex about, you know, it kind of urges us to be humble in a way. Uh, we don't have to have exaggerated ideas about our own importance, you know, and we don't have to be envious of others. You know, we can realize that each person is unique and, and that we all have this important function, you know, this important role to play. And, and we can actually be happy and learn to be content and find our space um, in the place that God has put us, how he's directed us. And we can seek to use the, the gifts we have or the talents, whatever they may be, towards this, this great purpose, to be a gift to others. That, that's, that's the second point this year is you are a treasure and then you're created to be a gift to others. Here's how verse 4 says this in, in such a kind of a beautiful way. It says, each part gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of this body. So there's this thing introduced, the symbolism introduced that we are this body, like this organic group of people. But not only that, we're this body of Jesus, like an extension of Jesus' mission and purpose in the world. We're part of it. And so there's this picture of us functioning in a body and each of us finding this role together with each other. We're designed to be a gift to others. First Corinthians says it so clear. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. And it goes on to describe this, this body metaphor by saying like each part matters, right? The fingers, the toes, the legs, like in a body, all the parts matter. And if you were to take a piece of the body, like a thumb, let's say, and just sort of chop it off and set it right here on the podium, it would not be worth anything anymore. It's not useful anymore, except for like a horror movie prop or something. Maybe it's like, hey, cool, we could take pictures of it. But I mean, it's not really useful as a thumb, but you put it back on the body. It's like, oh, okay, this is where it functions. And the same is true for us. When we kind of go on our own, we don't, we don't need people, we don't need this, and, and we, we miss out on this part of being together, being together and functioning how we were designed to function. The next verse in, in Romans continues this theme. It says, so since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed and marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body, let's just go ahead and be what we were made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we aren't. Man, it's heavy. It's like tough, you know, uh, but it's freeing because we can be who we were made to be, created to be a gift to others. And this idea that we need each other, that we function best in community, especially a faith community like this one. And that takes a little humility to accept, right? Because we can sort of be tempted to think, I think I kind of got it. You know, I'm dealing with stuff. I'm okay. I'm handling it. I don't need people. I don't need this. In fact, if you're generally kind of introverted, and I can relate to this, you sort of think people sometimes can be irritating anyways, you know, and you don't want to deal with them because they just kind of drag you down. You're like, this is too complicated. I want to clean, you know, I want this clean thing, right? You know, we had teenagers, we, we 
raised teenagers, and, and they got some of that introverted gene from me. And they had jobs at coffee houses, and they would be the, making the espresso, and they, they'd come home so exhausted. And be like, Dad, I don't mind making the espresso. It's cool. Like, you know, but then the thing I don't like is customers. <laughs> you know, people come in, and it's like, ah, right? People. And they bug us sometimes, right? It's so hard. I was at the beach uh, the other day, and a car was pulling out, and the bumper sticker said, dogs, because people suck. <laughs> and I get it. You know, we're just like, they're so much simpler. You know, just have a dog, and it'll be fine. Um, and, 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 and this idea of us needing each other, designed to be woven in together as a community, like there's some challenges here, um, and there's some temptations to kind of want to, avoid this. And, and the pandemic didn't do anything well to help us with this, furthered our isolation, and watching church online, and being at church in our pajamas with our own donut, you know, on the couch, <laughs> watching it on a computer, that felt so good for so many of us. And now it's like, oh, I got to go back and why this, you know, and is this, what's this about, and could this be meaningful now for me? And here's this invitation. Yeah, God designed this for a reason, for a real deep purpose. And I know that there's some of us that have experienced real hurt from Christians, not just irritation from people, but actual hurt from people that would say they're Christians or church leaders, deep wounds. And it's really hard to kind of come back and give this whole idea of church a try again. You know, even Gandhi said, I like your Christ, I do not like your Christians. You know, we, we're imperfect and we mess up and and we're broken and and yet we and, and yet we we're trying our, our best you know and we we sort of have to deal with this this forgiveness thing this walking with each other in our broken and in our imperfections and and we can want to give up on this idea this idea of a community called church we just think it's too flawed even society in general or people or community i've been disappointed by so many people i've been hurt by so many people i'm kind of just kind of give up on this when i was thinking of this the person i thought of was chris mccandless whose famous story into the wild was written about a guy who had so much disappointment and hurt as a young person he's like i'm out of here like forget all of this i'm going to go out into the alaskan wilderness in fact in his journal one of his famous quotes says no phone, no pool, no pets, no cigarettes. Ultimate freedom, no longer to be poisoned by civilization. He flees and walks alone upon the land to become lost in the wild. And this was his, his vision. He was going to get away finally once and for all. And some of you know the story. He ends up in the Alaskan wilderness and runs out of food, becomes ill, just gets lost, finds himself in an old rundown bus and as his life begins to kind of drain away out there in the wilderness with no hope and, and no rescue in sight, he, he actually begins to starve out there on his own. And, and before he passes away, some of his last writings in his journal, uh, they said this. They said, happiness only real when shared. It's like he, he got it, right? But that was so sad. That it, that it took that for him to get it. Happiness only real when shared. We, we need others. We need a community like this because it helps us grow. 
Like last week, we talked about this butterfly, this transformation of God working in us to bring the best out of us, his beauty. He wants to use others to help that happen. The design is for you to be encouraged by others, challenged by others, wrestle with the same verses together, pray for each other and be on this journey together. That's how growth really happens. And then we need each other, need each other because you have a place to help others grow. You have a gift to give and something to share. And you really get to really grow as you're helping others grow. You're encouraging others. You're saying prayers for each other. You're carrying each other's burdens and wrestling with each other's confusion, doubts, and questions. This challenging quote from John Piper says, the more disconnected we are from the local church, the more confused we'll be about who we are and who God made us to be. And we find our true individual selves in relationship to others our true individual self. So this happens in relationship to others. There's no perfect church. It's made up of imperfect people. But here at Branches, we're passionate about this truth, about this ruthless pursuit of honesty. We want to create this vulnerable, collaborative style of leadership and openness. You know, we have some organizational structures in place to try and help us be as healthy as possible. Our vision to help every person connect to Jesus, the source of life, to be like branches connected to that vine and, and filled with God and be able to, to kind of, you know, reach out with care and purpose and have the fruit of God's work in us, his spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, be things that kind of spill out of our lives. I mean, this is our vision and our hope to connect people to that life, that source of life, and it helps us, you know, move in that direction. And, and we would say, join us. Like, if you haven't jumped in yet, this is a chance Jump in this season with us and see what God might want to do in you, how he might want to change you, grow you, encourage you. That I mentioned in a couple weeks, 10, 15, October 15 is our one-year anniversary, and we're going to have, like, I don't know, confetti cannons shooting out. You know, we're going to have a balloon arch. We're going to have food by Big Island Kind and Sweet Greens. It's going to be this custom-made lunch for us after, and just a ton of fun and celebration. We're also going to do baptisms on this day. Last Easter, nine people chose to be baptized. It was so fun to celebrate those baptisms. We hope to do it again for our one-year anniversary. So if you want to be baptized, step in with us. You know, Send us a note, an email, get on the list, and we'll fill you in if you have any questions about that. Um, but we want you to be a part of what we're doing because you are a treasure. You're a treasure. And you're created to be a gift to others. A gift to others. And God wants to stir that in you. Um, man, in this last moment, uh, before Andy comes up, he's going to share a song that he's written and then lead us in a song together. But there was this quote that I saw that I thought, man, this is kind of cool. And it's a reminder for us, you know, as we get into this kind of this honesty, this deep look at ourselves and how that relates to God and how that relates to others. This um, quote by David Benner says, genuine self-knowledge begins by looking at God and noticing how God is looking at us. And how is God looking at you? What does God see in you? It's unconditional love. He sees in you the bottomless grace. He sees in you a treasure worth dying for, sending his son Jesus to live the perfect life in our place that we couldn't live, and that Jesus would take the punishment of our rejection and disobedience and wandering from God 
the punishment of death and separation from God, Jesus would take that death on himself on the cross. And then on the third day that he would rise again and defeat death once and for all and give us this chance to be made right with God, to be um, uh, forgiven, to like have a second chance at this relationship with God created to be a gift to others from, from the very beginning. How does God see you? Zephaniah three seventeen says, The Lord your God is with you. He's mighty to save, and he will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. This is a picture of God looking at us in this way. Can you imagine God rejoicing over you with singing, quieting you with his love? That's what he wants to do. Even this morning, uh, the invitation as we kind of respond together, as we listen to this song, as we sing a song in our closing moments today, the invitation, I think, is to kind of ponder this truth today. What does it mean that you're a treasure loved by God? And then how do you want to respond to that? What do you want to say to God? What do you want to kind of pray to him? What, what's sort of your response? And, and this idea that you're created to be a gift to others, how might you use that gift for others in your life in big and small ways. Next week, we're going to talk about teams at branches, all the ways you can get involved at, at, at branches. We're going to look at teams right here in these next verses of Romans 2, this idea of serving God together in community. There's nothing like it. But here this morning, that first step is just to say, God, it's not about what I do, what I bring. It's God, you've brought it all to me, this amazing grace this unconditional love. So let me pray for us here and we'll take a moment to respond. God, thank you for this truth that you bring. This truth that because of your love and grace and the way you've created us, that God, you've meant for us to be a treasure. And not because of what we do or bring, but because of what you bring to us. It seems too good to be true and yet, God, we're a treasure because you love us and you created that way and, and that, God, we're meant to be a gift to others. And so, God, this morning, I pray that you would guide us as we kind of hold those truths in our heart this morning as we wrestle with them and consider what they mean for us as we respond to you with every part of our life, the big stuff, the shiny stuff, the the little small things as we give them to you and see what you want to do and how, God, you might want to shoot them through with purpose and, and meaning and depth that we never would have imagined. So, God, use these last moments together as we prayerfully ponder how much you love us and how you're inviting us to follow you. Amen. Well, I am not known for my spiritual ways, known by the sweat on my brow. My back is strong. I was born to contend with the land by the blade of a plow. And cursed is the ground from beginning to end. And blessed is the man who will not yield. For God takes pleasure 
in those who pursue him in the midst of their fields through blood and marrow dust and rain I hear heaven calling my name of sorrow I am not afraid I was not born to labor in vain will I have the rhythm John Henry's hammer pulsing like fire through my veins I'll never regret any days of my labor this freedom that some think are chains so I'll sink my hands down into the soil and plant seeds for bread and for wine I'll sing a song for my wife and my children when I come home every night. Through blood and marrow, dust and rain, I hear heaven calling my name. Of sorrow, I am not afraid. I was not born to labor. Now you may have noticed that this song is filled with farming metaphors, but the truth is I have never farmed a day in my life. I have just worked a whole lot of retail and that has to count for something, am I right? But really the thing about this song is I wrote it after I realized that my daily life matters to God. That there's not a distinction between my spiritual life and my workaday life. That He's in the middle of it all with us. And that's really good news. Because to quote Christopher McCandless, happiness is only real when it's shared. And I feel like the thing that he didn't know was that God was with him in that bus. God is with me in my workaday life, my retail job, my stay-at-home mom job, my engineering job, my student life job, whatever it is you do, there's no disconnection between you and the Lord in those places. Now despite my attempts to avoid this affliction, I failed to resist this earthly thorn. It turns like a screw into all my revelation, twisting my sinew and bone. So I'll drag my leg slowly behind me through fields that will always be stained. It's true that I've lost ones I love, but in the meantime, I will not labor in vain. Through blood and marrow, dust and rain, I hear heaven calling my name. Of sorrow, I am not afraid. 